Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today we've got a crazy story of revenge against a stepmom's betrayal. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I clogged my half-brother's toilet with his scripts. My half-brother and I are close friends now as adults. People tell us all the time that they envy our friendship, but as teenagers, we hated each other. Our dad married my mom very shortly before he was born. Dad basically cheated on my mom with his mom and got her pregnant. My mom forgave him and they went on to get married and my mom had me. My half-brother's grandparents were mad at my dad for not marrying his mom after turning her into damaged goods. Even my dad's parents tried to convince him to marry my brother's mom. Their families were close, and our grandparents did not want bad blood due to what had happened. My dad, however, was not interested in marrying his mom. He was only interested in getting my mom to forgive him and agree to marry him. I don't think my half-brother's mom was interested in marrying my dad just because she had a child with him. I think she didn't mind him getting married to my mom. She knew that he was with my mom when they got together anyway. After she had my half-brother, however, I believe she felt left out since she was having a baby and my dad was away on his honeymoon. She probably resented him because she had to deal with my brothers crying alone. My brother was a whiny child, so I'm sure that he did a lot of crying all through the night and caused her some serious sleepless nights. As soon as my parents returned, my brother's mom insisted on my dad being active in his life. She got married some years later when he was seven, and she allowed my dad to get full custody of my brother and was content with just getting visiting rights. The arrangement made sense for my family since my dad and brother had a great relationship, and I know my dad was his favorite parent. My mom also loved him very much. They had a good relationship. She talks a lot about how she didn't set out to, nor did she expect to love him that much, but she fell in love with him. That was true. My mom loved my brother so much that I felt like a stepchild. My brother was the obedient child in the family. He did whatever my parents asked him to do and was helpful in the kitchen. I hated being in the kitchen as much as I hated spending time with my parents. It just did not make sense to me that my parents made us spend time with them. I mean, we were kids and they were grown-ups, so I never understood what sort of fun we were supposed to have with them. While I grumbled through the boring card games and all that, my brother looked like he was thoroughly enjoying himself why can't you just be like your brother and enjoy quality time with your family my mom would ask to my annoyance i understand now that my brother believed that he had to behave himself and the way he felt would make my mom accept him but then i was severely irritated by his behavior he wasn't just a party pooper he was the brother who would watch me closely like a hawk in school and then report whatever i did to my parents He got me in trouble with my parents too many times. We fought all the time too, and somehow my parents would decide that I was the one at fault. Their fingers were always pointed at me. I remember crying to my mom one day and accusing her of loving my brother more than she loved me. I knew my dad loved him more, so I never even bothered myself with their relationship. It was glaring that my brother was his favorite. My dad was a playwright. He taught at a university where he taught playwriting. 
and my brother wrote too. Since they were both writers, they bonded over that. My dad would encourage my brother to participate in writing competitions, and my brother would do so. Sometimes he won, and my dad would proudly talk about it. I honestly never had a problem with that. I always thought writers weren't cool people anyway. I preferred going out, being the life of the party, and playing sports. My dad thought I was hyperactive and never self-reflective. Do you even think? When do you ever have time to reflect when you spend all your time playing games and laughing with your friends? My mom would try to defend me and say we were two different people and couldn't be the same. But whenever I broke a simple rule like staying out too late, she would turn on me too. I always looked forward to the holidays because that was when my brother would leave for his mom and stepdad's home. I would have a holiday free of walking on eggshells out of fear that my brother would run to my parents to tell them all that had happened. I was also able to organize small parties whenever my parents were out visiting a friend or the family. It was always fun. Then my brother would return and we'd go back to the default mode. I realized early that my brother had made it his life's mission to please my parents and kiss their butts, so I mostly stayed out of his way. We hardly spoke to each other, and I hardly knew anything about him. He was like a stranger to me. I knew he liked writing and that he wasn't interested in texting like guys his age. I also knew he preferred to write in notebooks than to write on a computer, just like my dad. I suspected that was all an act, to make my dad like him more anyway because why would anyone want to put themselves through that much stress when there was technology to make things easier? As children, my brother and I fought a lot, and even exchanged a couple of blows in the process. But as we grew, we just avoided each other. He never confronted me about stuff. He just quietly noted them and reported me to my parents. When I was 15, however, we started to have serious issues. From him spending way too much time in the bathroom, to always watching weird documentaries on the TV when I needed to watch real and decent programs. My parents, especially my dad, always found me guilty when we had our fights. Since it had always been like that, I started to resent my brother and family and our relationship worsened. Usually I hung out with my friends at their houses because they found my brother weird. He would always ruin things for us, or at least try and for no reason at all. One day, however, my friends all agreed that they were hanging out at mine. My mom had gifted me cool video game pads and had nice ones installed. My friends were eager to play with me. We had also bought a new house close to the one we lived in, and it was bigger and much better. I didn't have to share a bathroom with my brother, and my friends had never visited me. Since my friends wanted to see my new gaming system and my new house, we scheduled a Saturday of hanging out at my house. My parents were away for an event, so it was just the perfect timing. I fried chips and had sodas ready for my friends. I was happy to host them. My brother would walk into the kitchen, look around and go away again. I was irritated by that behavior, but we hardly even spoke to each other, so I couldn't ask what he wanted. My phone soon rang, and I assured the friend who had called that I was going to beat him in the game. We joked around before he hung up. As I left the kitchen, I saw my brother standing very close to the wall. I wondered if he'd been eavesdropping and just shrugged. What a creep, I thought. Later that day, my friends came over, but my game pads were missing. I had four of them, and I was sure that I'd neatly arrange them in the entertainment corner of the living room, waiting for my friend to come over so we could get started. 
I looked everywhere for the pads. I looked in my room, my drawer, and everywhere, but I couldn't find them. I was frustrated, and my friends were disappointed too. They'd looked forward to a fun game. It wasn't until after an hour of looking that it occurred to me that my brother probably took them. I went up to his room and asked him if he had seen my game pads. He looked on for a while and shut the door in my face. I was pissed, so I kept knocking on the door. He finally opened it again. What do you want? He asked in his raspy voice. I hated his voice too. Well, have you seen them? I asked him again. I don't know where your stuff is. Please, I'm trying to write. Don't disturb me. And please, tell your friends to keep it down. He shut the door again. I knew then that he was lying. I couldn't help but notice how he avoided my face all through. I returned to my friends and told them what had happened. They weren't new to his party-pooping antics, so we all agreed to go out and grab a bite. When we were done at the coffee shop we went to, I went home with a friend who had called me earlier that day. I just was not interested in going home. I didn't even want to think about home. I was frustrated because the events of that day made no sense to me. I knew for a fact that my brother had taken my game pads, but I had no proof and could not report them to my parents. I was very reluctant to leave my friend's house, and when I eventually did, it was late at night. My parents were back and were already angry that I'd stayed out till past 10. It wasn't the first time that my dad had warned me about it, and I'd assured him the last time he grounded me that it would never happen again. I was apologizing to my dad, who was yelling at the top of his voice when I saw my game pads at the entertainment center arranged just as I'd arranged them before my friends came in. I knew before then that my brother had taken them, but this time I wasn't just sure, I was also disgusted by how vile his actions were. He didn't just take them, he returned them to where I'd kept them carefully knowing that it would mess with my mind. I angrily ignored my dad and went upstairs to my brother's room. My dad followed behind me, but I wasn't even paying attention to him. I kicked my brother's door open and began hitting them. He hit me back after I threw two punches. My dad separated us and shoved me out of the room. That night, my mom, who was mad at my dad for shoving me, made my brother and I come down to the kitchen and explain exactly what had happened. I told her what had happened, and my brother, of course, denied it. I got even more furious with his lies and tried to hit him again. That further angered my dad, and he grounded me for three weeks. The next day, my parents tried to get my brother and me to reconcile, but I refused to listen or contribute. They let us be, and I returned to my room with a serious urge to destroy my brother. Since I couldn't report him, I wanted to do something that hurt him just as much as he had hurt me. He hardly broke the rules or even did anything fun, so I couldn't get my parents to ground him. He was pretty much always indoors anyway. I then remembered something he loved to do very much, right. I patiently lurked around him, as he did around me when I was having my friends over, and watched out for when he would leave the house. Since I was grounded, I was always at home anyway. One day, I saw him leave the house, so I sneaked into his room to see what I could do. Everything was so boring. I was irritated by his life. One of my friends was a writer and he wrote well too, but unlike my brother, he didn't have a boring, uninteresting life. Even my dad, whom my brother tried to model his life after, had a bubbly social life. He was the life of every party, and his friends loved to hang out with him. I went to his desk and saw several notepads and notebooks. They didn't contain anything serious, just random scribbling. 
There was one notebook that was a script in the making. It was filled up and carefully structured. I'd seen something like that in some of the books in my dad's libraries, so I figured he was writing a script to show my dad. There was no better way to exert my revenge than to destroy his script. I took the script and other notepads and some of the other books and soaked them in his toilet. I kept flushing it with water until it clogged the toilet. I returned to my room and acted as though nothing had happened. He found out later that evening and screamed. I had never heard his voice that loud. My mom was in the house, but my dad was not. He tried to hit me, but my mom stepped in so his punch landed on her. I was so happy about that one could have sworn that I'd won some money. My mom was pissed, and for the first time she yelled at him and called my dad to report him. My parents were mad at him and didn't even listen to what he had to say. When he finally mentioned that I'd clogged his toilet, my mom mentioned that he hid my gamepad too so we were even. I could not believe my ears. It turned out my mom did believe me when I told the story of how he hid my gamepad. It took a while, but my brother and I eventually got to understand each other as adults. Nothing like a little sibling rivalry that results in punches being thrown. I have some siblings and trust me, when we were younger there were some mean fights that happened. It's almost hilarious though because after we got a bit older we were like the closest ever. It's crazy to think that we did actually get into some legitimate fights when we were kids. Our next story is how I dealt with my stepmom's betrayal. I was a really paranoid kid. I would doubt getting the gifts my parents promised me. I would doubt getting a good grade on a test I knew I worked really hard on. I doubt that my sickle cell anemia would allow me to live old enough to get a boyfriend. But there's one thing I never doubted, that my parents were constant in my life and that they'd always be together. I was 10 when I realized that my mom and dad were getting a divorce, and to top it all off, my mom was relocating from Georgia to London. It was a very difficult moment for us as a family and for me as a person. I didn't... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I not know what to feel, so I didn't feel anything. Simply put, I was just numb. I had seen how my friends' families had been restructured due to divorces, and I wasn't sure if I was ready for that. I knew it was for the best, but I couldn't stop myself from wishing that everything could go back to the way it was, beautiful and cozy. Now when I think back, I realize that I should have seen the divorce coming. Their relationship started to practically fall apart six years into the marriage. When I was eight, I would overhear their heated arguments, but they tried to cover it up with smiles and presents. 
I resigned myself to believing that adults had too many problems beyond their control. Despite that, I didn't doubt my parents' love. I thought they were destined for each other. My inner turmoil grew. Four years later, when my dad got a girlfriend. At first, it was just the blur of Alyssa's curly black hair as she stooped over to kiss my cheeks. Then it got more prominent. I could always smell her perfume on my dad when I hugged him. Anytime I eavesdropped on his phone calls, I'd surely hear her Hispanic accent on the other end. She was really pretty. I have to hand that to her, but I didn't understand why my dad thought we needed her to bring balance and solace to our little family. You can only get hurt by someone you open your heart up to. I don't know if I'd ever realize this if I didn't eventually warm up to Alyssa. That lady redefined my definition of trust and betrayal. She left a permanent scar in my heart. One that would never heal. We didn't get along from the beginning. I'd bicker and argue over the slightest, most insignificant things to try to wear out Alyssa's patience. But she worked hard to be the good guy. I felt that the whole charade was just a facade. And I wasn't wrong. Eventually, she'd show her true self. People could hardly do enough to impress me. But Alyssa managed to dazzle me. She took care of me like I was her own child. Whenever I got seized with sickle cell anemia, she would drop everything to be by my side. She continually assured me that I wasn't a burden to her or my father and that she loved me regardless of my health condition. This particularly got to me because I'd always secretly feared that my parents got separated because my mother couldn't deal with my vegetative health anymore. I needed attention. I needed love and she willingly gave them to me. Thus, I couldn't do much but fall in love with her almost as much as my dad had. I felt responsible for my dad's welfare. I was extremely protective of him and I always wanted him to be happy, as happy as he was before my mom left. I thought I owed him the world because he was always there for me. He stuck by me even after my mom left. He did little to hide the guilt he felt for ignoring the pre-marriage genotype counseling every time I was in pain. He worked his butt off to give me everything that I wanted. I never wanted anyone or anything to hurt him. So, it meant a lot when I asked him to get married to Alyssa barely two years into their relationship. Always wanting to please me, my dad conceded to my request. That conviction was one I lived to regret. It didn't seem so at first. In fact, it was perfect bliss for me. Alyssa became more of a mother than my biological mother ever had. She showered me with the love and affection I'd always craved for. She got very involved in my life and even helped me with the bullies that had plagued me for almost four years. We cooked together, watched soaps together, and talked about my boy troubles and makeup ideas. As far as I was concerned, nothing could be as wonderful as that. To cap it off, my dad seemed genuinely happy. I hadn't seen him glow as much as he did in a long time. His voice and his laughter filled the home with warmth. His eyes sparkled when he saw Alyssa and I get along like we were the perfect match. She was the ideal woman for my dad and I loved that, but sometimes I couldn't help feeling guilty. I felt guilty for loving Alyssa much more than I'd ever loved my mother. I felt guilty for thinking that she was a better wife for my dad than my actual mother. I felt like I was being disloyal to a mother that couldn't give up anything for me. Things were rosy for a while, then suddenly it all came crashing down. I didn't mean to eavesdrop on Alyssa's conversation at all. I respected her privacy and she respected mine, but the words I heard flying out of her mouth that summer Tuesday stopped me in my tracks. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. 
I'm doing all I can to have her father's heart to myself. Very soon, I'll show them who I really am. My heart began to sink all the way down to my feet. I ran to my room and allowed that familiar, numb feeling coursing through my veins. I couldn't summon the courage to say a word, so I deleted the entire conversation from my head. I decided to unhear it because that was the only way I could maintain some sanity. Alyssa didn't dramatically change into a beast from one day to the next, but I started watching her more closely. I began to see her through exaggerated fondness. I started to pick up the little hints she was dropping, like how she would decide that she would go on a vacation to the Bahamas with my dad and just leave me at the mercy of my caregiver even when I was sick. I tried to decode all her perfectly encrypted lies. I wondered what she wanted for my dad. Was it money? Was she a gold digger? Or even worse, a murderer? All these thoughts continued to swirl in my head and weigh me down. I started to slip away from her. No matter how hard I tried, I couldn't help acting cold to her, and she noticed my withdrawal too. She tried to fix things with ice cream dates and new dresses, but I wasn't having any of it. I could perfectly see through her guise. When she realized I wasn't budging, she went on to ignore me. I wasn't her target and she didn't need my admiration anymore. She went full-blown evil and trust me, Alyssa's true color was loud. The number of trips increased rapidly and I was left on my own for longer periods of time without even the slightest thought. She started to turn my dad against me. She no longer had time to try to make small chit-chat with me. Alyssa was the queen of my dad's heart just like she'd hoped to be and he had no reason to doubt that she had good intentions for me. She never hit me or starved me. The pain she put me through was stronger than physical abuse. It was neglect and betrayal. It hurt more because it was coming from someone who made me feel like a precious jewel. My worry soon turned to paranoia, as I never let her prepare my meals or come into my bedroom anymore. She led my dad to believe that I was just being a spoiled brat because they were finally teaching me to be independent, and he ate the lies right off her sugar-coated lips. This paranoia was heightened when my dad finally gave in to her insistent cries and made her a member of the board of directors of his company on her birthday. I tried to come up with a legitimate sounding reason for him to change his mind, but he wouldn't budge. He couldn't understand what had gotten over me and resigned himself to thinking I was just going through a phase of teenage defiance. It broke my heart to see him practically giving his life away to someone who didn't deserve it in the least, but there was only so much I could do as a 15 year old. I watched him love her and adore her and hang on to her every word like it was all that mattered. It wasn't like he didn't care about me anymore, he still did, but this time he finally had someone he cared about as much. She was doing a lot, yet I did nothing at first. As far as I was concerned, it was just a rough patch that would smoothen out later. No matter how angry I was at Alyssa, I still remembered the good times and I craved for those good times more than I'd ever wanted anything. I hoped everything would fizzle out eventually. Again, I was wrong. I started to hear murmurs about sending me off to a boarding school so that I'd become more outgoing. I was totally confused about this development because everyone knew that my health condition required me to stay close to my family, so I'd be properly taken care of. When my dad finally told me that he'd found the perfect school for me, I went nuts, not in the screaming or lashing out way, but something clicked in my head. I couldn't leave my dad alone with this woman. 
I had to do something about this woman, and just words wouldn't be enough. I needed proof. I became sneaky. I'd hide in my room till she left the house, then I started to snoop through her things. I searched through all of her files and documents, but there was nothing implicating in there. All her certificates seemed genuine, and I didn't find a gun or a dagger in her underwear drawer like I hoped. I needed to switch tactics. Her phone was her most precious belonging. She had to have something in there. So I started waiting patiently, trying to buy enough time to distract her enough to go through her phone. I had all her passwords with me. I'd found them on a piece of paper in her room. It was hard to get her to let her phone out of her sight. I'd sit in the kitchen pretending to drink my coffee. But no matter how many times I heard something strange outside, she never put down her phone. She carried it along with her. I needed to get close enough to her without her suspecting me. So I made up some story about how I was scared she'd get tired of me to explain my sudden withdrawal from her. For a criminal, she must have been pretty dumb to believe me, or I must have been extremely convincing, because she swallowed my whole, I want things to be like they were before, and thought she could use me as a pawn in her game again. What she didn't know was that I had my own game to play. First, I got help from my caregiver. I didn't totally explain everything to her, but I told her enough to get her on my side. Then I started making my moves. I tried to listen in on our conversations, but she seemed much more private when answering her phone calls. I just bid my time till I finally accessed her phone. Nothing could go wrong, because if I was caught, I'd end up wrecking things so badly with my dad, and she'd be on her guard, which would make it harder for me to expose her. First, the bottle crash. That was the distraction to send Alyssa flying out of her room and make her temporarily forget her phone on her nightstand. It was also my cue to run into her room and begin my search on her phone. Phase 2 of the plan was linked to Phase 1. The caregiver had smashed a bottle of Alyssa's favorite wine on the floor. To keep Alyssa downstairs, she was to run around with a couple more bottles and incur Alyssa's wrath. Part 3 was the easiest. I just had to copy every single bit of data on her phone onto a hard drive so I could get out of the room before she got back in. What I didn't include in that plan was Alyssa running back in to get her phone to call my dad. I realize now I should have expected that. Of course Alyssa wasn't going to deal with a manic employee on her own, she was going to call my dad. Her facial expressions changed from surprise to realization. Then she started to laugh. She laughed at all the flaws in my plan, and at how I thought I could expose her. She didn't even try to hide the fact that she had ulterior motives. Again, she stung me with her words. In her exact terms, your dad is so foolish he actually thinks I love him. I'm going to get rich off of you and if I feel generous I might leave you with a roof over your head. I tried to grab her phone and run away from her, but she had a good grip on her phone. I fought and told her how shallow I thought she was. I think I hit a nerve there because she slapped me. A hard slap that blurred my vision and sent tears pouring down my face. I went to my room filled with rage and shame. Shame that I'd messed up so badly. Just as I was wiping off the rest of my tears, I received a text. It was a video from the caregiver. She had recorded the whole confrontation and I had enough evidence that Alyssa wasn't a saint. I was so filled with reckless triumph and revenge that I didn't even send the footage to my dad. I took it straight to the police station. 
The cops did their jobs and Alyssa went behind bars for her wrongdoings. She'd already sold off half of my dad's fortune, so I think I stopped her just in time. My dad, however, hasn't been able to forgive himself for not believing me and for endangering my life. He has a lot of trust issues now, but we're dealing with it together as a two-person family, small and perfect, just like how it should have always been. This is like almost a plot to a bad movie with an evil stepmother, where the kid is just not listened to and all of their concerns must be some acting out child behavior, ends in some crazy goose hunt chase that ends up with the evil stepmother behind bars. It definitely has a movie-like quality. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 